Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so happy that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. I am here in beautiful Aurora, Nebraska. Spring has sprung, and we are just over halfway through OT month. If you've been on the fence about joining the OT Potential Club, the online forum where we discuss these articles, I wanted to let you know that I just added the OT Month Toolkit as a free download to the club. The OT Month Toolkit was created to help you celebrate occupational therapy in your department. It includes a What is OT handout, a History of OT handout, a sign for your door, a PowerPoint background, uh, a design for a postcard, really anything that you need to celebrate Occupational Therapy Month. So if you're interested in this download, I encourage you to go ahead and sign up for the OT Potential Club before April comes to a close. Okay, on to this week's article. This week's article is found in the Lancet Neurology Journal. This journal has an impact factor of 27, meaning that Over a year's time, an article in this journal will be cited on average 27 times. The score of 27 is a pretty good score, meaning that this is an influential journal. The Lancet Network of Journals is among the most influential journals out there. And this particular one, the Lancet Neurology Journal, ranks first among neurology journals. Now, the downside to reviewing an article from a prestigious journal is that this is our first article that is not available for free online. I've done nine article reviews so far, five of them in podcast form, and this is the first one that you will either have to pay for or if you belong to uh, some kind of membership that gives you access to journal articles, go ahead and look in there. If you are an NBCOT member here in the U.S., you can actually find this article for free in ProQuest. And if anyone finds another way to access this article, maybe in a database that you and other OTs are a part of, please let me know uh, in the club forum. So this article will be our article of the week for April 22nd through 28th of 2019. And the comment on our forum with the most likes at 9 p.m. on Sunday April 28th, will win $100. The title of this week's article is Efficacy of Occupational Therapy for Patients with Parkinson's Disease, a Randomized Controlled Trial. As we mentioned already, it is published in the Lancet Neurology Journal, and it was published in 2014 and ranks seventh on our list of the 50 most influential OT articles. So I went to OT school back in around 2010, and I remember talking a lot about treatment guidelines and protocols for occupational therapy, but really not seen that many at the time, which makes this article really exciting. It gives complete treatment guidelines for OTs seeing patients with mild Parkinson's in the home setting. And best yet, the study found that home-based individual OT led to a self-perceived improvement in daily activities for patients with mild Parkinson's disease. So let me break down the details for you. The intervention took place over 10 weeks and patients in the intervention group received about nine hours of direct care time. No more than 16 hours were given for this study and sessions were all approximately one hour. 
So basically, these patients were getting one hour a week of OT. So here's a very broad overview of the interventions that were included. The use of alternative and compensatory strategies to improve task performance, advice on optimization of daily routines, and advice on appropriate aids in the environment to enhance independence, efficiency, and safety. If you want a complete play-by-play -play and to see the treatment guidelines and protocols that was used, you can check out the 142-page report published by Parkinson's Net. These are treatment guidelines are publicly available for you to reference in your OT care. So after these interventions were given, the COPM was used to assess these patients at three months and six months. And consistently in the intervention group, these patients had better scores on the COPM, meaning that the patients perceived that they were able to participate in daily activities better than those in the control group. Now, there's two limitations to this study that I really want to highlight. The first is that this study was done in the Netherlands, where they have a network called Parkinson's Net, which is a multidisciplinary network where practitioners from different disciplines get extra training in Parkinson's care, which makes it hard to determine whether the benefits that these patients seen would translate the same in different countries, as this program is so specific uh, to the Netherlands. The other limitation I want to highlight is somewhat related to the first one in that all the therapists were part of the Parkinson's net network, meaning that when they signed up for this, they received three days of training specifically on Parkinson's disease. Then when they signed up to be part of the study, they got an additional three days of training. And then halfway through the study, they received one more day of training, and throughout the whole entire study, they could consult with an occupational therapy expert online through a portal when they had any questions arise about their care. So basically, these therapists, I would say, are probably more educated about Parkinson's care than the average OT, which also makes it hard to know whether these results would transfer to a different setting. Okay, there are three takeaways that I want to highlight from this article for you. And the first is this, that there are treatment guidelines out there for you. I would say right now it's a major challenge in occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, that there are not as many treatment guidelines as we would like to see out there for different diagnoses. But that doesn't mean there isn't any out there. If you have a new diagnosis uh, come up on your caseload or if you're seeing uh, for example, patients with Parkinson's on a regular basis, I really encourage you to take the time to see if there are treatment guidelines out there to help you guide your practice. This is definitely something um, that I see the role of the OT Potential Club being is helping to gather all of those treatment guidelines into one place for you. Right now, they're pretty scattered and honestly, I would say somewhat hard to find. So I hope that the club will become a gathering place for things like this. The second takeaway that I wanted to highlight is one that I think we've talked about every single time, and that is just that the future is totally multidisciplinary. Every single article talks about that. Um, and even in this article that's specifically focused on occupational therapy care, it still comes back again and again that this is a part of kind of a multidisciplinary milieu. And if there is one skill that I would encourage all therapists to be developing, it would be to 
be thinking about yourself as part of a team and even considering a role that you could play as a multidisciplinary team leader. And the last takeaway was one that was kind of hidden in the introduction, but I was really glad uh, to see it come up because I think that this is a really important theme in healthcare right now. And the theme is this, not enough patients who would benefit from our therapy services are actually getting in the door to see us. I'm going to read some of the numbers right from the journal article. It says that in a Dutch survey in 2004, only 9% of patients with Parkinson's consulted an occupational therapist. That same survey was done in 2013, and the number had fallen to only 8%. And to make matters worse, the average time for the first referral to occupational therapy is six years after the Parkinson's diagnosis. So patients are missing out on our help in preventing functional decline with this disease, which is a stage where I feel like occupational therapy can be really, really valuable. But hopefully as more research like this comes out about the benefit of occupational therapy, we will see referrals take up not only with our Parkinson's patients, but really anyone who is experiencing a functional decline. And I want you to feel confident that you do have a lot to offer these patients and that you can make a difference in their daily activities. Okay, that is our review for today. I hope that you found it to be helpful. If you want to dive in further to this article or discuss certain aspects of it, I invite you to join the OT Potential Club, where I provide a written summary of this article along with more information on the assessments that were used. We also have a forum where you can ask questions and share your own experience. Each week to celebrate the most liked comment in our forum, I send $100 to the person who made the comment. So head on over to the club to get started. You can sign in or sign up at otpotential.com. If this isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Thank you for listening to the podcast anyway. Uh, Please subscribe and tune in next week. Thank you all for joining us today and give great care this week.